I just had a first. I hit the record button to start this episode, and I had nothing come out of my mouth. I didn't know what to say to start the show. But then, because I'm resourceful, I thought, hey, why don't I talk about that? Your Daily Lex. I have a very clever idea. I don't even know if that's true. I think I've already oversold it. But I do a thing, and I thought maybe some of you would like to do that thing as well, because it makes my life just about one micron better. And that's how I measure life betterment, by the way, is in microns. Um, so I read a lot of Kindle books. I do my reading at night most of the time, unless the book is really, really engrossing, and then I do my reading whenever I possibly can. Uh, but I usually read uh, before, uh, after I get into bed and before I fall asleep. <laughs> and I do 99% of my reading on my Kindle Paperwhite, the second edition Kindle Paperwhite. And I love that thing. I have loved Kindles since they existed, but I hate book lights um, because they're annoying. So my previous Kindle was one of those Kindle keyboards and I had a case where you could pull a little book light out of it and that was acceptable, but still crappy. And now the paperweight lights up from underneath. It's wonderful, magical. And uh, it's not magical, but it is wonderful. But, you know, I read a lot of these Kindle books and uh, Amazon gets, I think, probably rightfully uh, denigrated for using crappier fonts on the Kindle than maybe they should, but it doesn't bother me that much. They're readable. I can read the books. It's fine. Uh, Publishers can also choose to somehow embed a font and then you can choose the publisher font for the book you're reading. If there is a publisher font for the book, I always check when I start a book, I had a little font button and I check to see if there's a publisher font. If there's a publisher font, I always use it. Um, Or at least I always try to use it. Often it renders really terribly and then I just switch to something else. But that gets very close to what my tip for you is if you are a Kindle user. Uh, what I do with each new book I start is change the font, even if I don't change it to the publisher font. So, you know, I might read one book in Palatino and the next one in Helvetica and the next one in Impact or whatever the other fonts are there on the Kindle because I find that it helps my brain better mentally separate which books I'm reading. Usually, you know, you put down one book and now you start the next book. It's a different book. It feels different. It looks different. The weight and cover are different. With a Kindle, you're always picking up the same device. And I found that when I uh, didn't change the font, that sometimes, especially this is true with fiction, less so with non, uh, but with fiction, I found that sometimes the stories would blend together in unpleasant ways, like the the worst kind of mashup, like the Beatles featuring Pitbull. And I uh, I hated it. Um, I didn't like the, uh, the bleeding between books that I was unintentionally experiencing. So now that I change the fonts each time, it really, really helps. And I thought maybe, yeah, I have no idea this is going to work. But I've been doing it now for a couple of years, and it's proven very effective. And uh, what's funny to me now is when I think about a book and I remember a book, I can, I sort of picture it in my mind and I picture it with whatever font I had chosen. I'm picking the fonts typically at random, you know, so, Hey, well, okay. I just did this one in this font. So let me switch to the next one. But when I remember them, I'm like, Oh, right. And I see the page in, you know, Palatino and that's brains are weird. <laughs> um, on a totally other topic, I have a V8 on my desk. I haven't opened it yet. I'm going to shake the can so you know it's real. I could never possibly fake that sound or this sound, uh, the sound of me opening it. And uh, I drink the low sodium V8 because I'm not a monster, but I drink V8 mostly because I don't eat enough vegetables. And I, uh, I get the cans of V8, which is not the most cost effective way to get V8. You know, the bottles are better, but the can I know is two full servings of vegetables. And I know that because the can says so. And why would the can lie? A can can't do that. And, uh, 
I don't know, I drink V8 almost every day, even though I don't like it, because I like the idea of knowing that I'm giving my body some kind of vegetable content. Now, the only problem is V8. It's called V8 because it's got eight vegetables in it. And here's the ingredients. Tomatoes. Okay, that's why it's red. And tomatoes aren't really vegetable, but let's ignore that for the time being. Carrots. Fine. Then we get to celery. Eh, okay, it's a vegetable, but it's barely useful. Then you get beets. Then parsley. All right, we're counting parsley as a vegetable. Now we're kind of stretching things. Lettuce. That's bologna. Not literally, but you get the idea. Watercress. I'm pretty sure that's also just lettuce. So now we're still talking nonsense. And then spinach, which isn't lettuce, but I mean, it's, it's still a leafy thing. And I just think, I don't know. I wish it was tomatoes, carrots. Fine, we'll keep the celery, beets. Then I'll give you a spinach. And then like, I don't know, yams and uh, peas and string beans. That would be good. That would be, I mean, it wouldn't be good to drink. It would taste terrible, which is I'm sure why they don't do it. But that would feel like I'm really getting a mix of vegetables. I think that there's some kind of uh, bologna going on between this lettuce, watercress, parsley, celery quartet. I don't really approve. And I thought you should know. Lex. Lex.